sifter.com.au. Hi, I'm Gianni DiGiovanni. And I'm Kyle Paletto. Welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in video games. This week, the winners of the Game Awards and the big announcements, League of Geeks stops development on Jump Light Odyssey and makes half the studio redundant, and Fortnite gets three new big modes in the new season. Here's the news for Sunday, 10th of December. Let's go. Join the Sifter community on Discord at sifter.com.au forward slash Discord. It's that time of year where the entire games industry gathers to watch a bunch of advertising, which is interrupted briefly to talk about games that have already come out. Um, I mean, here are all the winners of the Game Awards 2023. Baldur's Gate 3 took out the top gong on the night for the Game of the Year, along with five other prizes, crowned the best for community support, RPG, multiplayer, performance for Neil Newborn's portrayal of Astorian, and the fan-voted Player's Voice Award. Alan Wake 2 picked up three prizes for art direction, game direction, and narrative, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom got two for best action adventure and score and music. On the indie side, Wild Puzzler Cocoon picked up best debut indie, New Caledonian platformer Chia got games for impact, and 16-bit inspired RPG Sea of Stars grabbed best independent game. Increasingly, it's clear that the Game Awards are just a vehicle for advertising, spending much more time on that than the recognition of the hard work and talent of game creators. And I'll leave you to decide where you land on that. But having said that, here are a few new games we got to look at. Hideo Kojima and filmmaker Jordan Peele are teaming up for a cross-media game called OD, which is coming to Xbox. It looks like classic Kojima weirdness, and I'm sure a lot of people are excited to see how the Get Out and Nope writer-director will influence this game. Melbourne-based indies House House, who made Untitled Goose Game, are back with a 3D adventure called The Big Walk. It's a co-op puzzle game featuring photorealistic Australian bushland and weird blob-like creatures that look like they've been pulled out of a toy box. I'm super excited for this one, and that'll be out in 2025. Dead Cells creators Motion Twin have a 3D co-op roguelite called Windblown, which looks very cool. It's got a bit of that Hades or action RPG look, and it goes into early access next year. And Tales of Kanzera Zhao is a new Afro-fantasy side-scrolling platformer, which looks incredible. Set in a magical world, Zhao tries to revive his father who died, fighting monsters and spirits. It's being led by Abu Bakr Salim, uh, who you might know as the voice of Bayek from Assassin's Creed Origins, who has now moved into game development from acting. Arcade Leon is working on a licensed Marvel game. They're exploring the world of the Daywalker, the half-vampire Blade. Light No Fire is the next title from Hello Games, the makers of No Man's Sky, and features a single fantasy world that is multiplayer from the jump and procedurally generated. Looks great, and the studio has a track record of making cool stuff now. Skull and Bones is out on the 14th of February, apparently, but take that with a grain of salt, you see, dog. God of War Ragnarok Valhalla is a new free post-game DLC out this week. Team Ninja have a new samurai, well, maybe ex-samurai game, Rise of the Ronin, out next year in March. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, hits stores on the 2nd of February. And Den of Wolves is a new sci-fi heist co-op action game from the developers of Payday 2. There's plenty here to dig into. We'll link all the trailers in the show notes. Melbourne game studio League of Geeks has laid off half of its staff this week, citing increasing costs, 
investment falling through, and slow early access sales for its latest released Jumplight Odyssey. League of Geeks was one of the first big wins for Australian game development. Their first title, Armello, went on to be a big success and was part of a new wave of independent developers in Melbourne. The announcement came in the form of a message on Steam from the studio's co-founders and directors, Trent Custers, Blake Mizzy, and Ty Carey, where they laid out pretty transparently what went wrong. The studio had a very ambitious plan to create two games at once, but around the globe, funding for game development has really dried up. You only need to look at each episode of Walkthrough every week to see how many studios are winding down or sacking a bunch of staff. The announcement also mentions all the roles of the staff affected with a call for companies to hire them if possible. One more move for this studio is any profits received from the continued sales of Jumplight Odyssey will be divided amongst the original team who worked on the game. Despite the redundancies, League of Geeks' newest game, Solium Infernum, is still on track to be released on February 14, 2024. It was much further along than Jumplight. Check out the really comprehensive breakdown of this story that we've linked in the show notes from the ABC's Jackson Ryan. It's been a big week for Rockstar Games as the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer was leaked, which caused the publisher to release their trailer a lot earlier than intended. It announced that the game will be coming out in 2025 and will only be available on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X at launch, though we can't be certain it'll stay this way. Previous GTA games have been exclusive to the consoles, but came to PC about a year later, so we'll be keeping a close eye on if a PC release is announced. The next title for the most popular video game franchise is set in the state of Leonida, which is seemingly inspired by the US state Florida. The game returns to Vice City and the trailer features many real-life Florida-inspired memes, including a woman twerking on the roof of a car, a man running naked down the street, an alligator walking into a convenience store, and a woman wearing a nightgown wielding two hammers. To those of us who don't live in the US, I sure as hell don't want to live in Florida full-time, but the absurdity of these scenes from the trailer seem like a fun place to visit. Fortnite's new season launched this week and brings with it some brand new modes that have already overshadowed the Battle Royale staple. The new season, called Underground, was announced with the trailer showing off a new island, gameplay features, and boss battles for the Battle Royale mode. But the big news is LEGO Fortnite, a Minecraft-like survival game, Rocket Racing, which combines Rocket League gameplay with, you guessed it, racing, and the Harmonix-designed Fortnite Festival which is a Guitar Hero-like mode. Lego Fortnite, which takes the classic skins from the main game and gives them a minifigure twist, has already dwarfed the player counts of both main Battle Royale modes. And honestly, it plays so much like Minecraft, you can tell they were going for the king. I'm a huge Fortnite and Lego fan, so I've definitely spent hours playing uh, this mode already, building a base and collecting resources. And by the time you listen to this, rocket racing from the epic-owned makers of Rocket League Psionics will take those speedy, acrobatic cars to the tracks. Rocket Racing and Festival both seem to have their own battle passes, which seems a bit rough, seeing as that they've massively turned down the XP this season. That's it for the big headlines. Here's what's coming out over the next week. Stargate Timekeepers is a real-time tactics game set in the SG-1 universe from strategy veteran Slytherin with a bit of time loopiness. I loved this series as a kid, and while it was pretty schlocky, I'm keen to see how the publisher of Battlestar Galactica and Warhammer Games fares. You can pick that up on PC on the 12th. Pioneers of Pagonia is a fantasy city builder where you explore the islands and biomes of this world. It's your cute villagers mine and trade and fight off fantasy enemies. 
Find that on PC when it leaves early access on the 13th. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising is a mouthful and a neat-looking anime fighting game. If you're looking to challenge the fam during the holidays, this might be a good one to load up. That's available on PlayStation and Windows on the 14th, so plenty of time to get good so you can absolutely school your siblings come Boxing Day. Grab your VR headsets and get ready to play as the space mercenary Grayson Hunt in Bulletstorm VR. Using a variety of weapons, including energy blades and guns, fight your way off the planet you're trapped on in this narrative first-person shooter. That's coming to PlayStation 5 and PC on December 14. Articles to read, videos to watch, and podcasts to listen to. Sifter.com.au This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Gianni DiGiovanni. And my name is Kyle Paletto. Thank you so much for listening. We know you love our podcasts, so why not become a monthly backer on Ko-Fi? Your support helps us keep making our shows, and it's easy to do. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash support, where from just $1 a month, you can make a big difference. That link again is sifter.com.au forward slash support, or check the show notes. Sifter is produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, Courtney Borrett, myself, Adam Christou, Daniel Ang, and Chris Button. Mitch Lowe is senior producer who edited this episode, and my co-host this week, Gianni DiGiovanni, is the walkthrough script editor and Sifter's executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune, and Audio Technica Australia for their support of Sifter's podcasts. We'll be back with more news next Sunday. See you then. Hi, Chris Button here from Droprate, Sifter's video game review podcast. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is finally here, continuing the ambitious reimagining of a beloved classic. It's very, very funny. I guess like that's that's part of the silliness, you know. Like you have this these really big world-ending stakes. You know, Sephiroth is a really terrifying villain. You know, the world's ending, and I think to have a game that is still fun and pleasant to play, I think maybe the tone is kind of. It's important to strike both tones because you need that levity so that it's not constantly depressing, you know? And I think so having the characters have that humor and like having the mini games and having it be a little bit lighter hearted, I think does give you that hope. Does it uphold the legacy of the famous original or burn Midgar to ashes to forge its own path? Find out on Drop Rate, available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.